take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. <laughs> good days and bad days. Hopefully more good than bad. Don't take things personally when your kids are coming at you most times and just coming from a different place and they're projecting that on you and it's okay. Hey, hey, this is Stacey Cradiville and you're listening to the Cappuccino Mic Drop Podcast. Hey, everyone. Today we are talking with Vasily Rousseus, a longtime special education teacher here at CAP. And we get kind of the behind the scenes look into what it's like being a special ed teacher. And he shares with us some tips and tricks for how he stays organized. But first, I want to know, Vasily, would you rather return an email or a phone call? Much rather return a phone call. I love talking to people in person um, as opposed to writing emails. You know, a lot of stuff that's uh, lost in translation. Um, your tone of voice will come out of emails. and be sarcastic. Sometimes it's just much better to call someone on the phone and have a conversation. It's much quicker for me to, to make sure we, everything is clear on both ends. So, yeah, conversation on the phone. Yeah, I'm definitely a texter. Do you ever call someone and then they like don't pick up or they just text you back? That's an age thing, right? Like, so my generation, we were used to talking and we didn't have, we didn't have text especially in high school. Even in college, is <laughs> not a thing. But yeah, I do. Like, so that's when people are like 10 years and older than me. I, I tend to see that they love to get text rather than that random phone call. <laughs> but I bet as a SPED teacher, it's probably really important to be good on the phone, right? Because you can get a hold of people and get right to the point rather than going back and forth with emails. Absolutely. Sometimes you just got to take care of the problem or the situation um, rapidly. So the phone call is the best mean of communication. Awesome. So we hinted at you are a SPED teacher and most people probably know that about you already, but tell me more about you and your teaching journey and how long you've been at CAP and all that fun stuff. Okay. Yeah. I started, this is my 20th year full time. I was, wow. Yeah. I was at Hacking Bay High School to start my career. And after four years, I moved back to the side of the hill <laughs> over there. Yeah. It's, it's, I love teaching. I knew I wanted to work with high school kids since I was in college. I had a great high school experience. Um, I knew I wanted to get back. I was going to the marriage and family therapy, a psych degree. But instead of that, I, and took a year to figure things out and started substitute teaching and found that I love being in the classroom and especially with my or crew of students. That seemed to be rapport with them. And kept asking to come back for substitute jobs at you know, especially at Aragon High School. Props to Michael Gibbons for giving me that a lot of good gigs there, helped me keep my rent paid and all of those. But yeah, it was a great experience and it didn't take long to work the population I'm working with. So, yeah, got my credential and you know, 20 years later, it goes back pretty fast. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's a blur. And so, what is your favorite part of your job? Just the one on one, the one on one opportunities I have every day with my students. It's kind of unique to be in a classroom that's a lot smaller and able to have just a little one on one conversation on a daily basis, bringing it closer to the students, taking the families a lot more. Just seeing them grow every day. It's a, it's, it's a great experience being there in high school. And, and uh, yeah, getting to know the students um, on a personal level is the best part of my job. And of course, working with my amazing colleagues that are surrounding me today. It's pretty awesome to be here. Awesome. 
yeah, that's really relatable. I love working with colleagues too. It's a lot of fun to collaborate. And the one-on-one opportunities are so unique for you to have like small class sizes and just get to know your kids on a deeper level. What is like a piece of advice or a tip that you could give to another teacher that has maybe more students in their class? Like how could they manage still having those one-on-one connections? It's those moments in class where you can, you're, you have given instructions or working on something. You can just kind of check in with them at the desk or bring up something that's not related even to school. I mean, just, just checking in on their personal lives and asking even what they have for breakfast this morning. That, that, that opens up a <laughs> conversation and just over health and well being and the start of the day and just kind of finding out what they eat. And that's always interesting to me. I'm a, I'm a food guy, so. I think food conversations come up a lot in my classrooms. So, um, yeah. When we were on Zoom last year, I would always start class with like a random question or some kind of would you rather or some something not related at all to PE. And the food ones are always so popular. Kids would always talk about food. So that's a really great tip yeah. <laughs> to get them to talk and connect. And then food comes up with so many, like I said, so many different cultures that come to this campus and different backgrounds. and. It's a good way to open people's eyes and just open, kind of give people a different um, perspective of what um, everyday life is for other kids at home and what kind of foods they eat, uh, what their daily routines are like, uh, family structures. Just by conversation, having those conversations at the class as well, just gives kids a more diverse look on their peers. Absolutely. So. I'd asked you like, what's the best part of your job, but what's like the most challenging thing about your job? The, I think the legality of just knowing what needs to happen. IEPs are contracts um, that are, you know, we, have, we have, have to follow a certain rule, like every other teacher does, but I think when it's that world, it's just more, Knowing what you can and can't do, confidentiality. Um, and then writing the IEP is just like not the, the funnest thing, but it's just very important to have everything put in place so that the person that reads it later on can have a good view of what was useful at school, what works with what accommodations for a food student. And again, this is something they take with them. The IEP ends after high school, but they take with them, um, take the IEP with them to college or any other um, vocational setting that they're going to you know, go into and um, hmm. a, a, a manager or a, definitely a school counselor can look at it and see, you know. Oh, I hadn't how, even how thought about the, that, extending yeah, beyond the, high school. Mm-hmm. How the student learns and they don't get all the accommodations they get in high school, but they do get um, some support um, in their post-secondary education. So all those IEPs, that sounds like a lot of time <laughs> and a lot of energy to be organized. So how do you stay organized? Because I'm sure there's a lot of different deadlines and IEP meetings to keep up with. Google Calendar. <laughs> you have to schedule all that in the beginning of the year. I just have a tentative date for all my meetings and then gives me some binders to start giving me proper information, data, collected data, the teachers. Um, like actual physical binders printed out? Um, not per se binders, but just like like just seeing how the kids are doing in class and um, what's working for them, what's not. Teacher comments. It's just time to it, it takes time to do all that. But again, uh, 
after 20 years, you kind of just know like who's where and what what should be checked off and just getting it all done in a timely fashion because we need to be a firm by a certain point. So yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> it's um, I'm sure you yeah. got it down. I do, I do. Um, I like I like to check in, like just a review of IEPs, make sure everything's like, done right. Because yeah, that's the um, having a proper you know, IEP is uh, is really important. And if it's not done right, I mean, it's not going to be effective when a teacher picks it up and looks at it and says, well, "What works and what doesn't." You don't have the right information there. Yeah, and IEPs are done annually, right? They're one time during the year. Or at least once a year, at least once a year. And then if a parent or a student like wants to call another IP or a teacher to suggest that we should meet again and have a formal IP meeting. Yeah. But at least once a year. So if a student like is in the middle of that year and things aren't going well, do you like call another meeting yeah. to like review things and modify as you go? Or how does that work? Depending on the situation. Sometimes it's just an informal meeting, but I think if services need to be changed or we have to add something, yes, an IEP is definitely warranted in that situation. And yeah, adjustments need to be made. That's good to know because then like as we're looking at our roster and we realize this is a student that's really struggling, we can just call up the case manager and be like, hey, this is what's going on. I think we need to review their modifications and supports and whatnot. And Absolutely. Hopefully get some more services for that student. Mm-hmm. And I'm just constant check-ins with teachers just to make sure everything's okay, especially for those high-risk students that we all have. So, yeah. Totally. So staying connected with other teachers must be super important then too, right? Like communicating what's going on with those students that are on your caseload. Mm -hmm. What tips do you have for just teacher-to-teacher communication? I think it's just um, to understand like what's going on in the classroom. It's just checking in. Checking on Canvas just in general, also just to see what assignments are coming up, and then just asking like, what, how can we better? If it's if a student is say a student has issues with writing, I mean, is there another way we can assess the student without having them to write the essay? Or yeah, but checking with teachers, I just think knowing what's coming up in the future, um, future assignments, and what's expected from the students gives you a good perspective of how you can guide your lessons and directed studies. When they come back to our classrooms, we have to um, either preview or review information and then break them up into little groups sometimes. Um, most days we do break up into groups depending on the subject. Um, it's great to have instructional aids. That's their huge help. And a good instructional aid is it's like a lifeline for and a good li- liaison to connect with the general teachers because we can't be everywhere at once and we can't connect with everybody every day, but it's good to have are in those general classrooms as well to come back and help support our students. Obviously, collaborating with them is uh, vital to the success of class. Totally. I totally agree. Yeah. Instructional aids are so invaluable. The more, the merrier, right? The more people we can get in every kid's corner, the better that kid's going to be off. I couldn't do my job without without a good instructional aid. So I think, thanks to everyone that's been my aid in the past and in the future that, yeah. They're just great people to have. Totally. I agree. So a question on like the student end. So in directed studies, you said you'll have students like preview or review. So how do you know what to preview? Are you just like, how Um, are you finding out? 
just knowing what the teachers are going to teach next. So, for example, if they're going to read a chapter in this in this book, I the seniors are reading there there right now. So, I've gone and gone ahead and read the book what the students do, and then so I have some background knowledge and everything just talk about maybe what's coming up in the, in the chapter that they're about to read. So they have, they can go to class with a little information. We try to do that as much as possible, but honestly, it's more like the reviewing and, and the making sure their assignments are getting completed and they understand what they're being asked to do. Yeah. Um, just combing through all that those assignments takes most of the time in directed studies. And then we also try to do a little, maybe some lessons that are not really directly to the curriculum, just like, for example, um, budgeting or credit card debt. So we just have a quick little video on that in the morning. And then we have a little class discussion, class started. And then cool. We stuff. Yeah, it's a little warm up. So it's like directed studies and life skills. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the idea. <laughs> I mean, directed studies is pretty much life skills. It's one and the same, right? Because you're just directing them to learn how to study and how to like learn and how, how, to, learn how-, how to organize their lives, how to... Using their strengths, understanding where their weaknesses are and motivating them. We're trying to get them to, to self-motivate themselves, self-motivate and to have a goal and, and to, to know you can achieve the goal and knowing that there's always, most people start on the path and choose your way. And then later on in your life, you can also choose that path. I mean, and change the direction of that path and find your way back to maybe where you started from or anyway, there's so many different ways to end, to end up at an end goal. There's not one way, not one path to success. So if they understand that, I think they give them more of a, more hope to, sometimes you get in this corner, you're like, oh man, I, you see students do certain things and you don't have that confidence or you don't, maybe you think that you're just not able to do it that way and you just have to find other ways to, to be successful. Great. They're so lucky to have a teacher that's like guiding them through their goal setting and just helping them gain all these skills through that one-on-one support. So what is something that you wish you had known because you've been teaching so long now, it's hard to probably think back to your first year as a teacher, but what's something you wish you knew the very first year that you started teaching? I think the toughest part of my first year was, I mean, I got along great with the students. It's just not every day is perfect. So there'd be times where you butt heads with student student class or just you have an argument or, you know, it's just, they're having a moment and you just you don't really react the way you should. And then you're driving home and really thinking about that time and going about, you know, what did I do wrong? And, you know, I'm just feeling kind of deflated, a little feeling like I failed. And then realizing by after talking to a teacher, this is one of the good pieces of advice I had my first year. And this, my department head, like then Mr. Macker said, hey, these, a lot of these students, you know, every day they're coming here with different, they're coming from home, right? There's stuff that's going on at home. They're bringing baggage to school, issues that are going on in their lives. It's, so a lot of times when people, especially if you're close to someone and you're comfortable with them, it's easy to project your negativity on that person. And so I get a lot of kids like talking back and like just having these arguments that were way overblown at the time. I'm like, whoa, what, how did this get to this point? But then realizing it's not a per- don't take things personally, especially when you have these adolescents that are going through so many different things in life and the physical changes and these emotional changes and just saying time out. Like, and the next day you get to school, then everything's like a, it's like a, the storm has passed and you're back to normal almost in most cases. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I realized 
I didn't, it wasn't all that bad as I thought. And just take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. <laughs> good days and bad days. Hopefully more good than bad. But yeah, don't take things personally when your kids are coming at you. Most times they're just, they're coming from a different place and they're just projecting that on you. And it's okay. It's good to be but, and absorb that sometimes. And yeah, all right. I think tomorrow will be, will be a new day and we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, that's super good advice. That's like so true in all times. But now coming back, after the year we just had and all the trauma that these kids have experienced, like that's why we're seeing so much more behavior <laughs> things and whatnot this year because everyone's got all that baggage coming with them. So it's great advice and a good reminder for all teachers, not just new teachers, that it's never about us. It's not personal. It's just how we're trying to deal with everything that's going on in the world around us. So yeah. Yay. Well, thank you for making time to talk today. And it sounds like you're doing some really great stuff for your students. So thank you. Keep it up. I continue to admire you and all that you do. So thank you. Thank you, Stacey. It was really cool being a part of this podcast. I'm looking forward to listening to whoever else is coming down on this wonderful podcast. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. Yeah. Alrighty, thank you. Thank you, Stacey. Enjoy your day. Thank you all for listening. I had a lot of fun talking to Vasily today, and I hope you had some takeaways. I am pretty much done recording for this semester, so you'll be hearing those between now and the end of May. There will continue to pump out a few more episodes of the Cappuccino Mic Drop. But I also wanted to say that while this is an awesome platform to hear from more teachers that we don't get to hear from throughout our workday, podcasting is a super great way to hear from students that don't typically speak up in class. So if you're interested in getting your students to do more audio recordings of themselves or video or anything else, let me know. I would love to come into your class and see what kids are working on and help you use technology to solve a problem. I feel like that is one of the best parts of technology is that it can save us time and solve other problems that we have. So anywho, reach out. I will see you all very soon. Enjoy your spring break and have a good one. Go Mustangs.